Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, right, it's time for our weekly college football visit here with Matt Baker, the Tampa Bay Times. And Matt, I will go ahead and not say yada, yada, yada about Kentucky, which uh, I was rightfully accused of doing. Who knew that Florida would uh, would drop it up there and lay the egg? But, uh, boy, uh, credit Kentucky and also one of the worst Florida performances in terms of penalties and just uh, really not playing well at all. <laughs> yeah, uh, thanks for having me on. Um, I, I said I thought Kentucky could hang with Florida, and I thought it could be competitive, but I did not pick Kentucky to win. Um, right. Florida did not. Florida didn't play well. Um, the 15 penalties is a mind-boggling figure. And we mm. talked to Mullen about that Monday. He still seemed in disbelief about it. And he said, I don't think we've ever had anything like that. Go back and look. Of course, I went back and looked. Most a Mullen team had ever had was 12 in his first game at Mississippi State when they crushed Jackson State. So, like, it, it was it was uncharacteristic. Um, when you look at kind of how those penalties happen, this is, I think, to some degree, a lingering effect of the COVID year. Um, and, and hear me out. Last year, there were, I mean, they, they played on the road, but uh, playing on the road at Tennessee was not the same as playing on the road at Tennessee would be this year, right? It's, it's just not. The, the crowd was sure. not the same. We, we know what Mullen said about A&M, but really, it wasn't the same. And so this was their first true real road game, no USF does not count, that they had had since 2019. And... No, I don't have another obvious explanation for eight false starts, except the, the you know they weren't used Jeez. to that sort of environment and they you know they weren't ready. It, it didn't work, and that's kind of the the mind boggling thing. And, and Mullen you know took the blame for that, but look, there were other issues too. Um, that's that's the most obvious one. And if I'm if you have to pin it on one thing, it, it's penalties. But the offensive line wasn't good enough. Um, you know, that was that really surprised me, considering how well the O-line had blocked, particularly in the run game, first couple weeks. Um, there weren't really explosive pass plays. Some of that is they weren't looking downfield, but you know, they, the, the pass game didn't do enough. And, and there were some there were some special teams issues too. I mean, obviously the the block kick that's that's a that's the game changer. And for a program, you know, Mullen's a coach. Aside from Mike Norvell, I don't think I've been around a coach that's that preaches special teams as much as Mullen. I mean, shoot, Mullen was a uh, in college at uh, or Sinus, I think it's New Hampshire. He was a he was on the the punt shield team. He is a special teams guy to some degree at heart. And for Florida special teams to kind of be just okay at this point in the season and have a big blunder the way they did Saturday night is kind of a uh, kind of shocking to me, and you know, pretty uh, pretty damning. Yeah, we're dealing, you know, I, I always try to remember this, that, you know, at that age, I mean, we're dealing with young kids, right? We're dealing with 19, 20, 20, 21-year-old at the, at the most, usually kids uh, or young adults. And look, I think it's human nature. They played a great game against Alabama, which is regarded as the top team in the country for, for the most part. And 
it's possible that they overlook Kentucky. They certainly weren't on the details. I thought it was interesting you wrote about, and you didn't get a, a really an answer to this, but you wrote about this wry smile that, that Dan Mullen had after the game, and who <laughs> knows what he was thinking at that moment. I guess he doesn't even know. But I'm betting it was something like, yep, this is what happens, you know, to to teams that think, you know, at, at this age, you can you can certainly you can certainly overlook an opponent, even uh, even in college football at this age. I, I that that happens, but it it shouldn't. I mean, no. look, it's 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 one thing for it to happen when Florida plays Florida Atlantic, or I think they have Samford later this year. Okay, that's right. one thing. But like I like I said last week, Kentucky is legit. Yeah, I mean, you know, yeah. Kentucky's not going to win the national title, but they're legit. They're big. They're physical. They have hung with these guys multiple times over the years, including the last three times up in Lexington. They beat them, and I think it was Mullen's uh, second game um, in uh, as as the Gators coach in 2018. If you're looking past Kentucky, then and and you're you're Florida, you're you're doing it wrong, because again, I I, know, I did not think the upset would happen, but I thought it could be competitive. And if Florida was looking past Kentucky, then then that was just that was just dumb and bad on their part. Um, as far as the the weird smile thing, yeah, uh, Mark Long from the AP asked Mullen about it, and he didn't give a good answer. I thought it was a situation where, uh, and just if you don't know, um, the CBS or the ESPN cameras caught Mullen kind of giving a really quick smile at Mark Stoops as they were walking for the post game handshake. Mm. I thought maybe. Stoops gave him this look like, holy cow, I don't know how that just happened. And yeah. I thought it was probably something like that. Where a reaction have, to it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, reaction. We have half the context, so you know who, who the heck knows. Yeah. But um, Mullen didn't have a good answer to it. And that's one of those things that, look, this is, a, this is a, an upset fan base. This fan base is ticked off. And I understand, I completely understand why. Because you go into Lexington thinking, Florida's in the playoff picture. And you leave knowing that is almost certainly out of the picture. And that can be hard to swallow. And we, when you see a coach flash a quick smile like that, even mm. if you don't have context, even if you don't know what the heck happened, even if, I mean, Mullen is extremely competitive. I, I'm sure he was not happy at that moment. But it's one of those things that when you're losing and the fan base is upset, everything matters. And that's something that got magnified on social media. And that's the way it works. Yeah, highly scrutinized. And and how far did you drop them in the polls? How far did they fall as a result of that loss? Uh, I dropped them to nineteen. The, I think the AP poll had them at twenty. So yeah, that's about that's about right. Um, it's going to be interesting to see at the end of the year how we look at this. Um, a, a loss is a loss is a loss, right? It is. I get it. But as I do my rankings, and really as I kind of just look at the games as a whole and take a step back, you have to look at how the loss happened. So Florida commits an extremely high amount of penalties, which is something that usually doesn't happen. Um, they outgain Kentucky by 160 yards or whatever it was. They have all these red zone opportunities they don't convert on. They give up a touchdown on a blocked field goal. It, it wasn't a fluke because Kentucky is good. But there were some fluky aspects to it. You know what? Um, I, I saw a stat that post-game win expectancy. So basically, if you just look at the numbers, what's the percentage chance that Team A would beat Team B? Florida had a 60% chance of winning that game. So Florida should have won. They did not. 
it was a loss. But I say that to say at the end of the season, if Florida, you know, if we play this out the way I expect them to, with Florida losing to Georgia, finishing nine and three with a close loss to Bama, a close loss at Kentucky that had some fluke aspects to it. You no, know, maybe they'll still be in the mix for a New Year's Six Bowl. I, I don't know. Um, I, they could still, you know, I still think they can end up being a top 15 team, maybe top 10, depending on, on how it all shakes out. But the the championship hopes are, are almost certainly are almost certainly gone. And that just leads to I, I, when I say questions about Dan Mullen's future, I'm not saying like he's going to get fired, but that just leads to questions about his future. And, um I'll end my, my rambling by saying this. Um, our buddy and, and former colleague, Martin Finley, when, when Mullen got hired, I remember driving to Gainesville and talking to him about it. His thing was, I know Mullen can win 9 or 10 games at Florida. I, he, he won 9 and 10 games at Mississippi State. He can do it at Florida. I don't know if he can win 10 or 11 or 12, or, or win 11 or 12 or 13 or 14 or 15, depending on how it all works out with a national title. And as we sit here today... About midway through year four, I still don't have an answer to Martin's question. Mm. I don't know what that means, I, but well, that's just I where mean, we are. It, it, yeah, it means that that, uh, and you're probably not alone. That there's some in, in, I'm sure, in the Florida fan base that feel the same way. Like if he's if you're not in it at the University of Florida for SEC titles, which would bring you an opportunity to play for a national championship, then what are you playing for? I mean, that's you know, sort of what they expect. They spent an awful lot of money on the program up there. They've got the, some of the greatest recruits in the country want to come. Um, and, and so, yeah, you want to play for championships. So there's no path forward, even though they play Georgia and it would take a monumental upset. There's no way for them to get into the sec title game and go and have another shot at Alabama. That would obviously, if you, if you did those two teams, you would, you would certainly be well regarded for it, but it doesn't seem possible so, now. They could beat Georgia. I'm, I, I'm not no, – listen to what I say. I don't want this quote taken out of context on Twitter. I said words and all that. <laughs> they could beat Georgia. We live in a world in which that is possible. Yeah. If, if Florida can get up and almost you know go toe-to-toe with Bama, I think mm-hmm. Florida could probably go toe-to-toe with Georgia, especially with the week off before. I think yeah. Mullen can scheme them up and, and give them a fighting chance. The other issue is Georgia would have to lose another time. Right, right. That's the problem. It, it's Look, this is a weird year. We live in a world where crazy things happen in a sport that is stupid and dumb and crazy. And I love it because it's stupid and dumb and crazy. So could it happen? Yeah. But I, that's, it seems very, very unlikely. And so that, you know, that, that leaves Florida, you know, and four seasons under Mullen with, you know, probably one SEC championship game appearance, which was a competitive loss, but a loss nonetheless. And, you know, you, you mentioned the, the the great recruits wanting to come to Florida. There is some truth to that. But as I'm sitting here, I'm going to put on my, my doom and gloom, the sky is falling, uh, Florida message board hat for a second. So 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 strap in. Um, if I want to be as negative as I can be, Florida's recruiting has not been great under Mullen. It has been good, but for it has not been recruiting up to Florida national championship level. And... Mullen wasn't known as a great recruiter at Mississippi State. He's not been a great recruiter at Florida. So I don't know if that's going to change. So you kind of look and say if if there, there's not like a there's not like a bunch of five stars coming in in December or, or, or January or whatever. 
where you think, oh, well, when we get these guys, man, we're going to win a national title. Boom. This is just a, a step back in a rebuilding year when when things just the roster looks different. You don't see a, a real path forward in terms of that with, with Mullen just because he's not recruiting at a high enough level. Um, and then the other sky is falling thing. Here's a stat I'm going to have um, later on TampaBay.com. There have been 16 coach slash school combinations to win a national title in the BCS college football playoff era. So, you know, Saban gets one for Bama and then also one for LSU. Of those 16, 12 of them won their first title at said school in the first four years. Wow. So it, it, can, it can, you can, you can break later. It, it happens. You know, Dabo at Clemson is the obvious uh, outlier here where he was a slow build at Clemson and then built a juggernaut. And had, you know, for a while, they were the best program in the country in my eyes. So it can happen, but it's not very easy and it's not very common. So that's the other thing where, that I think Florida fans kind of have the sky, you know, some of them with the sky is falling mentality can look at that and say, look, history tells us if it doesn't happen in the first four years, it might not ever happen. And again, there there are scenarios where Florida maybe yeah i guess there's a scenario where they make it to it to the playoffs still where they beat georgia and georgia loses and then they beat bama for the for the sec title but i mean like realistically it's very 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 slim so the odds of mullen getting one in year four are almost non-existent mm. well uh they got vanderbilt uh this weekend and so i'm sure they'll take it out on the commodores no doubt about we that can, rick we can yada yada past vanderbilt <laughs> okay, good. You feel I'm okay to yada yada at Vanderbilt. Okay, good. But look, well, Mullen didn't even use the word Vanderbilt at all in his press conference Monday. Oh wow! Now and I'm not saying he's looking past them, but the the questions were all about other things, and he didn't say sit, go out of his way to talk. Oh, you know, Vandy's got a great line or whatever. No, we can yada yada past Vanderbilt. Next, yeah. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Next would be Florida State. You were at uh, Florida State and watched them get their win over Syracuse. Much needed, to say the least, for Mike Norvell. Um, I mean, we talked about this, how the culture needs to change, but culture is winning. It took a last-second field goal. So, you know, had they missed, we'd still be in the same situation. But just how big was it uh, for them to show some success? I don't know that they're going to keep the hounds at bay necessarily, but we did see some progress, especially uh, at the quarterback position, Jordan Travis uh, came in and did an awfully good job, especially on the final drive. Yeah, it was huge for them to get a win. I mean, the way they celebrated afterward. I, some Florida State fans I know were, were kind of like, really? We're, we're the, the, the team's kind of rushing the field like that because we beat Syracuse, really? But no, when, when they had been as bad as they had been and needed a win desperately, they should celebrate that. Um, because it's it's been a it's been a rough shoot, it's been a rough year and a half long, longer than that really in Tallahassee and for them to win the way they did in walk off fashion 
there were, there were kind of a couple things that really jumped out to me. One is Mike Norvell's talked so much about finishing. Um, go back to what he, his first comments at FSU. We're going to finish everything that we do. They had been playing, you know, they didn't quit in the, in the first couple games. Um, aside from maybe the last play against Jacksonville state, they didn't, they didn't quit. They didn't give up. And, and that's something. So to see them continue to fight against Syracuse and, you know, one of the big plays was Jordan Travis scrambling and a Syracuse guy has a chance to knock him out of bounds and didn't finish the play. And that leads to uh, help set up the game-winning field goal. So Florida State finished in a way that Syracuse did not. And if I'm looking for things to build on at FSU, that's something. That is a tangible thing Norvell can show his players, his recruits, administration, fans, whatever. We are getting better. Here is proof right here, 33-30. to The other thing that really jumped out to me is the way Florida State used running backs. Um, you know, we, we've, we've talked Florida State's receivers are not impressive. And that's an indictment on lots of people, but that's a fact. What they do have is Jay Sean Corbin and Trey Sean Ward, who are do- both very good running backs. And they didn't use them enough the week before against Louisville. They had, uh, the coaches admitted as such and said, look, we're going to have to get more creative in how we use them. Okay, so what did that actually look like? Well, they, they ran the ball decently with those guys, but they also involved them a lot in the screens. You know, quick screen over here with this, quick screen over here with the other guy. Um, and, and, and it worked. Not again, the offense wasn't out of this world good, but to me that showed that they are using they know who they have, they know the talent they have. And like Norvell did when he was at Memphis, these are my playmakers. I'm going to put them in position to make plays. We can't run the ball all the time because they'll keep, the defense will key off on it. So we'll find different ways to screen it to them. Um and, and FSU did it effectively. And, and you know, there was there was one sequence in the game that really jumped out. They had uh, four receivers on one side, uh, on the right side. And did two passes in a row, screen passes to Trayshawn Ward, the running back, with three blockers ahead of him. On, what did they do on the third time? Same formation, fake it to him, have one of the guys who had been blocking go into the end zone, touchdown. That, to me, is shows creativity. You, you know, you can just look and see the outline of what they're trying to do of being creative and using the guys they have and putting them in the best position possible to make plays. So to me, that was the other big positive step forward that I saw with FSU, that Look, they're, they're they're still not good. Um, they're probably going to get killed again at North North Carolina, but you can see progress, and progress is what they had to show. So you're going to yada 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 North Carolina past right right past Florida I, State, huh? I am not. I'm not going to yada yada. Um, if I had to guess, I think they lose by double digits. But look, Florida State upset UNC last year in Tallahassee. That, when we look back, that was one of the most mind boggling, confounding. How did that happen games of the season? Because um, UNC ended up being quite good, and Florida State was not. Um, Florida State jumped out to a big league that game and you know, tried to choke it away. I think UNC scored like 17 points or 21 points in the, in the final 20 minutes to, to, to make it close, but couldn't, couldn't, uh, couldn't get all the way back. Um, I, honestly, I think UNC is going to play pretty ticked off um, about what happened last year. And Sam Howell, I think, has potential to go off against against Florida State, you know, the former longtime FSU commit. So, you know, I think UNC wins by, by double digits, um, may, maybe even a couple, you know, maybe even three scores or something. But, yeah, FSU's got a chance. And it's an inter- interesting game, at least. Yeah, no, it will be. And, and uh, hopefully they can have some momentum carried over from Syracuse. That's not always the case week to week, but... 
They definitely oh, okay. need a I'm, win. I'm glad you bring that. that up, Rick. I'm sorry to interrupt. I do this way too much to you. No, but that's been, that's been the problem with Florida State, one of the problems with Florida State the last few years. They have had flashes where they will do something positive. You, know, you look at the Notre Dame loss, right? It was a loss, but they played Notre Dame better and, and came back in that. It was better than I think most reasonable people could have expected. What happened the next week? Jacksonville State. Um, you look at, uh, the, go back to last year, the North Carolina upset. They were unable to build on that. Um, you go back to uh, the 2018 or 2019 when they beat Syracuse. Um, the, the, the vultures were circling above Willie Taggart and, and, and that. And then they have a w- nice one over Syracuse that kind of quieted things for a bit. And then they go out and lose by three scores to Miami. 2018, they had a comeback, fourth quarter comeback to win at Louisville. And I remember at least one, uh, one news outlet writing about how this is the kind of uh, program changer with culture change or whatever proof of concept with, with Willie Taggart and Florida state. It came out and laid an egg again the next week. So they have been on Florida state has been unable to build on success. Um, and that's been one of the issues. I mean, I think they've got back to back power five wins once in the last five years. So now comes the test of, can they build on one win and try and make it two? in a really, you know, what should be a very tough game for them. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, they they need to stack them. I mean, that's what they always talk about, right? You need to stack victories if you can and and, um, at least play well and and start to have the arrow pointed up. I thought USF was headed that way, uh, at least uh, with the second half that they had at BYU. Not so good at SMU. They're off this week. Only two wins so far for Jeff Scott. Are are there there any buzzards circling him, or are we okay with, uh, with Jeff Scott and the USF program the way it's headed? Yeah, uh, Bruce Feldman of the Athletic did kind of a hot seat, hot board type thing uh, earlier this week, looking at coaches in every conference who, who's kind of just gauging the temperature on, on where things are. And he had Jeff Scott with a hot, hot seat. I don't mm. know that I agree with that. Um, yeah. Bruce is a pro. He, he has broken more scoops than, than I, I will in my, in my life. I feel quite confident in that. Dude knows what he's talking about. He's not a clown. Um, that said... I would find it unlikely that USF would want to make a move this year. Um, j- just because, I mean, a lot of reasons. Money is part of it. USF's not swimming in cash. Um, sure. Michael Kelly, I remember um, this offseason talking about how he still thinks Jeff Scott can win championships. And I don't think he'd want to give up on him after two years when one of those years was a, a pandemic. And so I think there's a bunch of reasons there to, to think mm, probably not, but if let's say let's play this out worst scenario for USF um, you know, next week that they've got Tulsa and the week after that's temple at home, uh, both at home. Those are very winnable games. I shouldn't say very, those are winnable games. And if it doesn't happen, then, then I don't see a win on the rest of the schedule. So we're talking about mm-hmm. one in 11 and, and over against uh, FBS teams that becomes a hard sell. So I, I'm not, if I'm him, I'm not worried about my job security at this point, but you need to do something to show, again, just more proof of concept, even just the way it was against BYU, where you can show some steps forward, even if you're, it's not coming up right in the end. Yeah, absolutely. It would uh, it would behoove them to, to win another game or two. All right, let's, uh, let's go around the uh, college football landscape this Saturday. Some interesting games. The, the, the best one, I think, is going to be Penn State at Iowa. I'm impressed by Penn State. I'm really impressed by Iowa. One of these teams could find themselves, obviously, will probably go against, the, I would guess, I mean, maybe 
maybe wins the Big Ten and, and would find themselves in a national championship picture, right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Iowa, I, I still have questions about their offense. Um, I, I don't know if they're going to need, you know, if they're, they get in a game where there's a shootout or they're down 10 late and need to pass their way to a win. I don't know that they're going to be able to do that. Um, but their defense has been great and they have been one of the most impressive teams in the country. <laughs> when I, when I did my AP ballot, uh, Sunday morning, you know, I had Georgia one, Bama two, you could flip flop them and that's fine. Iowa to me was a clear three. And then there was a whole lot of, I, all right, uh, let's get the coffee. Let's figure this out. Um, mm. But that's how impressive Iowa has been to me. And Penn State has looked pretty good as well. Um, I, some of their wins, maybe not as impressive as we thought, uh, especially the way Wisconsin has, has played late. Sorry. Um, but yeah, th- those are the two best teams in the Big Ten. And, you know, put it, throw Michigan and Ohio State in there, and we'll kind of see how things shake out in the Big Ten race. Um, but they're, they're definitely uh, in the playoff picture. Oklahoma, I agree. Oklahoma is at Texas. Uh, the Red River rivalry is is not necessarily what it what it has been. Does Oklahoma um, look? I mean, they're always considered one of those blue blood teams, right? Um, maybe not having the best of seasons so far, but do they have a path forward? Do you think to a national championship uh, playoff appearance? Yeah, they're 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 a power five team and they're undefeated. Yeah, so, so- you can you can game that out where. Uh, if they if they went out, the odds of a Power Five undefeated champion being left out to me right. are, are are pretty slim, uh, unless there's five of them, and that's not going to happen. Um, so yeah, I mean, look, they haven't been impressive. Uh, they didn't look great in the opener against Tulane. Then the the offense didn't look the, I mean, the offense did not look the way we expected Lincoln Riley offense to look against Nebraska and West Virginia. But they haven't been awful either so they're a clear to me top 10 team and if they are able to you know stay undefeated yeah they got a path to the playoff they just need to this is really weird to say but they just need the offense to be to start playing better which is not something that you say about oklahoma very often yeah well with all those first round uh, draft pick quarterbacks spencer rattler not quite holding up that end of the bargain but uh he's had some struggles and we'll see you know what he can do going forward the Fighting Harbaugh's at, are at Nebraska. I watched Michigan uh, again. I think Wisconsin's a bad football team. Jim Harbaugh is. Uh, both those offenses are probably stuck in the in the sixties. But I don't know. Can you win in college football running the football as much as some of these teams are doing right now? I don't think so. Um, I mean, you can win, but can you can you win a championship? No, right, I don't think right, so. right. Um, you look at the teams that have won lately. They've got elite quarterback play. Um, yeah. you know, Mac Jones, Joe Burrow, Trevor Lawrence, sure. Deshaun yeah. Watson. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm missing somebody in there. Uh, Tua for, with, mm-hmm. with the comeback uh, against Georgia. That's how you, you win. It's, it's elite quarterback play and really good receivers as well. Usually, um, it helps to have a good running back. You know, <laughs> Najee Harris was awesome for Alabama last, last year. Let's, let's face it. Um, but you 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 need a, a really competent pass game, and yeah, I have the same thing as Michigan as I do with Iowa. I don't I don't know that M- Michigan has been a lot better than I expected. I've got them six in the country, mm. and I I thought they were not going to be anywhere near this good. But I don't know if they get in a shootout or they need to score you know twice in the final five minutes, something like that. I don't know that they're at that. I don't know that they're going to be able to do that. 
I think the and, and I can leave you with this, but I think the most impressive win and and, and only because Arkansas had gotten so much run right, uh, being big and physical. Um, mm-hmm. But boy, when Georgia uh, hosted them between the hedges and didn't have their starting quarterback JT Daniels and still just just dominated the line of scrimmage. Man, and you said it, Georgia could be one or Alabama one. Uh, the Bulldogs look very formidable. We know about their defense, but, man, that was an impressive performance running the ball downhill like that. Yeah, Georgia's legit. Um, mm. I, I picked them to win the SEC and to win the national title in the preseason. I oh, wavered wow. for a little bit a couple weeks ago, but uh, I feel pretty decent about that now. I mean, look, they've – I think I've said this before on here, but – it, you you national championships are won by dudes, right? Typically, yeah. whoever has the most dudes wins. Yeah. Clemson or uh, excuse me, Georgia has recruited at such an elite level the last you know really in the entire time under Kirby Smart that eventually it has to click. Law of averages, eventually it all has to click where it's going to show up and you're going to your dudes are going to be better than everybody else's dudes. And you're going to have the time where your quarterback stays healthy and the other guy doesn't, or uh, the, the turnover luck, the fumble goes your way and not somebody else's. You remember to defend Devonte Smith on second and 26 in overtime, you know, just stuff like that. And eventually it's going to work out. And uh, Georgia absolutely is, is uh, one of the top two teams in the country and they are going to be very much in the mix I would expect them to, uh, again, to beat Florida, to win the SEC East, to, even if they don't beat Bama, I still think they'll go to the playoff if the, if the only loss is to Bama in the SEC championship game. And sure. they will have a very, mm-hmm. very real chance of, of snapping the, uh, the the streak and finally winning the title. Even if they lose a possible rematch between Alabama and Georgia in the national championship game, that certainly could be something that happens. Uh, what do you got coming up on TampaBay.com? Where are you headed this weekend, if anywhere, Matt? Uh, I'm I'm heading to the uh, yada yada Vandy Florida game. Yeah, which is yeah. I mean, look, we don't have a ton of options. All right, I'm not thrilled about it, but <laughs> that's not true. It's not it's not going to be a good game, but I'll find something interesting to write about. Um, sure, I'm going to be writing later this week on kind of recalibrating expectations for everybody. Florida, mm. Florida State, Miami, USF. Um, it's some great degree UCF, just based on how the season's gone. We, we thought one thing in August. Now, about yeah. halfway through the season, things have changed. Um, I'm, I'm looking more big picture at Dan Mullen uh, here in the next day or two. And, you know, like we mm. talked about, where is he? What do we think? How do we think things are going? Just t- taking the temperature check. Yeah. Real quick, real quick nationally. Um, if Georgia is going to slip up, so Gator fans pay attention to this one, at Auburn Saturday, oh, okay. that might be it. Uh, again, I, I don't think Auburn is great, but when you look at Georgia's schedule, Auburn's probably the best team on it or one of the best teams on it until the mm. you know, other than Florida. So if it's going to happen, this might be the weekend. And the, the most important most important game, r- really, uh, of the year, UConn-UMass. How did you not talk about this? I have no idea how that escaped my scheduling. I don't know. I, it's 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 three thirty for some reason. I, I can't understand why it's not televised. Um, UConn mm. at UMass. Mm. I, I I like it. I like advanced metrics. Um, the Sagarin ratings is one I check. It ranks every FBS and FCS, so every you know D one and one double A team in the country. Um, UMass is one eighty eight. UConn is one ninety seven. Mm. Uh, they are both god awful. 
it's just one of those like oh somebody has to win and, and good on them and uh that's just a, a horrendous 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 game but it's so bad that i had to mention it wow nothing's got to give there i'm glad you didn't mention coastal carolina <laughs> at arkansas state so we won't talk about that one because coastal is really pretty good uh in, in their own right no doubt about it. He's Matt Baker. Uh, you can read him on TampaBay.com. Follow him. Uh, the best college football coverage you will have anywhere, folks, and uh, and find out what is going on with Dan Mullen and what, where can he take the Gators. I think that's a, a fascinating look right about now at the Florida coach. Thanks, Matt. Sure. Thank you, Rick. Hey, big treat for you guys. Tomorrow we're going to have Mark Topkin of the Tampa Bay Times preview the American League Division Series. The Rays, of course trying to make it back to the World Series and hopefully take one more step and win it. So Mark Topkin tomorrow on the podcast. Thanks for listening. For Steve Burstink, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> <laughs> 